host, Ryan Johnson, a journalist at Australian Broker. And today we're diving into a crucial topic that affects every business owner at some point in their career, preparing for exit and how your business can become a solid retirement plan. Joining me today is Ash Playstead, a prominent broker coach and strategy advisor for Broker Ideas Group. Welcome, Ash. Great to be here, Ryan. Thanks so much for the uh, opportunity to chat. And look, it, it's a really important topic, as all of your listeners will probably empathize with. For us brokers, our business is our retirement. We don't generally have superannuation. So when we're looking to retire, whatever age that may be, whatever value we've created in our business, that is our super. So it's a, it's a really important topic. That's an honor to have you here. And before we go to, into this topic further, could you please tell us, our audience, a little bit about yourself and your experience in exit planning for mortgage brokers? Yeah, sure thing, Ryan. So a bit of my personal story, you miss, uh, listeners may or may not know, I've been in the broker industry 26 years now, and finance industry generally for 40 years. So I started out back in the mid-90s as a mortgage broker thinking it's purely an income-generating career, right? So where you can be free from being told what to do by a boss and be master of your own time, that was very attractive. And then I got involved after that in my first, what I would call, business building venture. Then after three or four years in the early 2000s, you know, the asset I thought I was helping to create, which trail income, was not in fact mine and was taken away from me. That was a very painful and expensive lesson in more ways than one. And you know, some of your listeners maybe can relate to that. But this was the trigger for me to focus on mortgage broking as a business opportunity instead of purely being self-employed. Now, from this point on, my focus became building systems, uh, building teams and partnerships that wouldn't have to survive, but prosper, whether I was directly involved in running the business or not. So that became my focus. And then coupled with that, there's a really tight focus on what I would call traditional business value creation metrics, like systems, processes, um, a P&L, profit and loss focus around, you know, profitability measures and EBITDA, you know, earnings measures. So traditional business value creation metrics. Um, and as far as exit planning goes, you know, this is something that I take into every business opportunity with the brokers I work with as a coach and mentor. So no matter where any given person may be on their journey, by focusing on exit planning means they are focusing on the right way to build a business in the here and now, not just being self-employed. I see. So why is planning an exit strategy so crucial for mortgage brokers? And why don't brokers think about this topic more often? A really good question. It's a fundamental question. Brian, and I have touched on this a little already. And whilst I do believe that our industry, our amazing mortgage broking industry, is rapidly professionalising in many ways, I think it's fair to say that it's still perceived as a sales or income generating opportunity by most people that come into it and probably by members of the public in many ways. So many people come into this industry still to this day with a focus on how quickly can I generate business for myself and settlements, obviously, so I can make some money. So the focus is I've left the job where I was getting paid. Now I have no income, so I need to be making income as fast as possible. And of course, that's really important. But what it means is the focus on building a business doesn't come until much later for most. You know, let's have a think about this, right? For most business opportunities outside the broking industry, you know, it could be a hospitality business or, you know, a, a car detailing business. You know, you 
generally put aside a pool of capital to fund your first six to 12 months whilst you get help or do it yourself to install the right foundations for a sustainable and successful business. And I've said this many times before that our industry has, in my opinion, entered a new phase where brokers are either building a business or they are working for someone who is. I think the era of the one person band building a trail book like in their tire on is pretty much over. I see. So where does one begin when preparing to exit as a mortgage broker and what strategies are available? Look, there's nuances, Ryan. There's obviously a lot of brokers. We've got 19 on thousand and they're at varying points at their time in the industry. Right from, you know, the sort of old dinosaurs, a bit like myself, who've been in the industry a long, long time, to people who started yesterday. So there's nuances, right? However, I would say that the best place to start would be to understand what the building blocks are that are required to position your breaking business for both sustainable growth and for multiple liquidity or exit options. That's key. So it's moving away from, from building a trail book to now I'm building a business with different methods that I can exit or you know, hand the business over. So what I mean by that is a sale of a, a trail book for a maximum multiple versus a sale of your business as a going concern based on a multiple of earnings. This is generally more likely to produce a higher enterprise value, right? But one of the things I really want to add to this, this conversation too, Ryan, is doesn't mean that you have to sell. It's something that I get asked a lot. So having a focus on planning to sell doesn't mean you are planning to sell, right? Um, you might want to hand your business on to a family member or have a manager run it for you, um, or you might want to just go into semi-retirement, do something else and be a passive investor in your own business, i.e. not having anything to do with it day-to-day, but receiving an income stream for from it. So all of these require very similar steps and building blocks. Yet each has some subtle but important differences. And this is one of the things that I'm really proud of in the work that we do at Broken Ideas Group. It's the customization or, or personalization that we put into every client I work with. So there is no one set recipe that says, follow this recipe exactly, and you'll get exactly the same result as the person next to you. Very important to take people's individual circumstances, you know, character traits, personality, vision, age, all of these things play a role in customizing a, an exit plan. You know, why would a 35-year-old young gun who's on a rapid growth spurt be thinking about their exit? You know, it might be a question that how many listeners are thinking of themselves. So here is the very challenge and opportunity that I, I would extend to all your listeners, Ryan. And that is the reality that what is needed to build a very successful business is pretty much the same as what is required to prepare it for your possible exit. I want to make that point that they are pretty much the same thing. So it's always appropriate to be planning for exit, even if you never take it. Some good advice. I can imagine a lot of younger people, particularly like myself, would feel the similar way with like superannuation or life insurance. And we don't really think about that when we're young until it's too late. And then it's all over basically. And you haven't laid the, um, the foundations for you to succeed in that way. So that's some good advice. And what, what you were saying before about handing it over to family members. Now I've seen succession. I saw the end of that. That didn't end too well. What advice would you give to someone who was looking to hand over to a family member as opposed to someone who was looking as more of a business transaction. 
glad you're referencing succession. That's a pretty interesting show, right? It's uh, but look, it, seriously, the the message here is that the steps and foundations and building blocks to exit your business. Now, when I use the term exit, I just want to elaborate on that. Exit means selling it lock, stock, and barrel as a going concern. So somebody else comes in and runs it. That's one. Two, selling it and closing it down. You know, somebody's basically buying your client list in your trial book. Three, having a family member to come in and run your business or take it over. That's a form of exit. Or having somebody else, i.e. a hired gun or an experienced manager who might buy some of the equity in your business and come in to take what you've built to the next level. All of those things are a form of exit. So to your question about a succession plan, what's required for a succession plan to have a family member take over your business is the same as what's required for all the other exit possibilities. That's the really important part of the message. Of course, there's nuances, right? right? Family members, right? You can choose your friend, but you can't choose your family members, right? So yes, if you can create a legacy business that your children or, or other members of your family can have as an ongoing legacy business that continues to succeed and grow and generate income and help people, that is fantastic. But that is just one of the options that should be available to any mortgage broker building a business that wants to have options available on the table. And last comment on, on this is one of the challenges and the problems that you know, I address every day and I think I'd, I'd like everyone to think about is just having a single pathway that you think, oh, this is the way I'm going to get out of my business is, is risky, right? Because, well, what if something changes in your life? What if the family member you thought was going to take over the business changes their mind? What if suddenly something changes in the industry and what you thought you'd get for your trial book isn't what you get for your trial book? But there's a whole bunch of things that can change, including your own life. Right? This is one of the things that I, or an argument that I would prosecute very strongly is you need to be planning now because what if something happens to you and the business is totally dependent on you and you've got family depending on you and customers and employees? Something happens to you and, and you're not able to, to work, well, what happens to the business? What happens to all those stakeholders? So no matter what age you are, no matter whether you want your family to run the business or somebody else, you should be planning for all eventuality in the here and now. That's the message. See, and I, I guess across all of those strategies, understanding the value of your brokerage is crucial. So how can mortgage brokers accurately determine the value of their business? Is it quite cut and dry or is there a bit more nuance to it? Yes, it used to be cut and dry. I mean, it takes me back to my early days, Ryan, this question, simpler days, you could probably argue, when valuing a mortgage business, well, it wasn't even a question really. I mean, nobody valued their mortgage business back then. What they valued was their trail book. So the word business really wasn't banged around about very much in the mortgage broking industry. You did have some of the franchise models, you know, which were, your, you know, your your Wizards and your, your, your Rams and mortgage choice that you're still around who, who operate to a different model, right? But for the vast majority of mortgage brokers, they didn't think about building a business. What they thought about was writing as many loans as I could so I can pump up my trail book so that that creates that financial buffer, that I, the asset, right? The asset. So, you know, looking forward now, I think a lot of at the older brokers, maybe that vision they had about, 
uh, you know, I'm going to be able to retire and live up my childhood and play more golf and enjoy life. That's still viable, but you you can't just build a child book up and then step away and keep picking up the check because the industry is professionalised, there's compliance, there's, there's requirements to continue to serve the best interests of your client. That means you can't just let your trail book run off while you go off and do something else. So that that original plan most <laughs> brokers had in the early days, right? That, that it's still there, but you've got to build your business differently. You've got to leave a trail book that can still be looked after. Right. So the issue with that is that it's a very singular and limited way to build value. A trial book is still part of the value, but it does leave very few, if any, other options for the broker wish to sell part, sell the tire, etc. So this is this is really what's changed. And and I would encourage listeners to think about what are the foundations for a successful business. This applies to most businesses, like just mortgage businesses, things like systems, things like processes, things like benchmarks and productivity, policies, workflows, hiring and performance methodologies, all of the things that a sustainable, ongoing, successful business should have in place. And then focusing on profitability, earnings, things that an investor or a buyer would look at when buying a business. And I would say you, you're much likely to get a higher value doing it that way. And that will, you know, obviously determine the level of value uplift and saleability of business into the future. There's always going to be businesses buying trial books. Don't get me wrong. Trial book supply doing okay at the moment. Um, there's nothing wrong with focusing on trial book. But as I said, you, you really need to have a clear focus. You just can't, you know, beaver away like a hamster on the wheel just focusing on writing loans hoping that someday in the future someone will make you an outrageous offer for your trail book. You know, it just doesn't work like that anymore. That's some good advice. Um, and Now, I imagine through your time as a broker coach, um, you would have encountered a lot of people at this position. So do you have any stories or examples of brokers who prepared well for exit and secured a strong retirement plan? Yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of those, Ryan. Obviously, you know, privacy and confidentiality confidentiality, I'll never mention any names, but I could pick out one broker that I have been working with for about four years now, and his business I would characterise when he started working with us. He's uh, married with a couple of kids. He's in early 40s, maybe mid-40s, and he was writing three or four million dollars of loans a month, working 60, 70 hours a week, and flogging himself. Right? And his problem was, all he could see in the future was missing his kids growing up. He was making good a living. He was making some money. But all he could see was an expansion of the amount of energy and time he had to keep putting into his business because he was completely it was completely dependent on how many hours he put in. So that was his starting point. So we mapped out a plan, the pieces, the pathway, the time frames, what needed to be worked on, and, and a lot of mindset work about shifting his mindset from being a good broker to being a good businessman. Right, and that simple as that sounds, it takes time and steps and support and guidance and mentoring. Fast forward to today, it's probably a bit over four years. I'm still working with him. His business now does, I don't know, twenty to thirty million dollars of loans a month. And the the most recent conversation we had was his biggest problem was he's got so much free time and he doesn't know what to do. Now, well, I'm not exaggerating. This is not unusual. I mean, not everybody wants. I mean, a lot of people like working in their business. It keeps them active, keeps them involved, keeps them engaged. They like helping people. 
which is fantastic. No one says you have to give that up. But the whole point here, Ryan, is give yourself options. So this particular chap, he's now got a business that's done a pathway to grow into 50 million and we've got a, a plan to go even bigger than that per month. But most importantly, and to your question, it's connected to a bigger picture strategy to get him to a point where his business is worth maximum value to potential buyers or investors based on a real business that doesn't need him with his fingerprints on everything. Right, so he's very close to that position. Now, in fact, he could probably sell his business for quite a lot of money now, which was unthinkable when you started on this journey. So, and there's many other examples of that. And as I said earlier, a lot of people hit the ground at different points. I mean, I start working with brokers quite often that are already doing big numbers and I've got the veneer of success to the outside world. They're quite often winning awards. But volume, but the industry measures volume, which is okay. And people win awards for volume. And yes, a volume means money. But to a lot of these people behind the scenes, there is high risk in their business. That if something happens to them, there's a big problem. Or the path they're on is not sustainable. Or they don't really understand how to produce results without working harder. So this is quite common. And my advice to brokers is don't wait till you're running headlong toward the brick wall to start working on building a real business. Start today. Right, so these stories, it's a, it's a great uh, question to ask. And now, you know, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of these of big and small. You don't have to be a world beater. Like, they're not saying, I want to do a billion dollars a year and have the world's most valuable mortgage business. If you want that, great. You can achieve that. But you know, want a business that, you know, when you come to retirement, you can get six figures for and that'll see you through the rest of your life. Because as I've said, most people that are self employed, not just mortgage brokers, they're not building up a couple of million dollars in their super, right? So that's not going to cut it come retirement time. What's going to cut it is the value they're creating in their business. This is why focusing on business value and profit is so, so important. So I hope your listeners take a bit of inspiration from no matter who you are, what your starting point is, what your aspirations are, the potential to build a proper business with high value exists for everyone. Oh, that's exactly right. And I, I, like it brings it back to your point about preparing early. Like if he, if that man that you were referencing, that broker, started out in his 20s or 30s thinking about his exit strategy, he could have um, made it even more scalable to that endpoint, that line in the sand that you were, we all eventually reach. Before we wrap up, could you leave our audience with some actionable tips to get started on their exit planning journey? What should they do if they're today if they were to start planning? Brokers should begin with understanding that exit planning doesn't mean you are planning to exit. Exit planning doesn't mean you are planning to exit. Perhaps we should call it succession planning. Right? Succession is probably a better word because the word exit means I'm leaving. Succession means you know, it's continuing and I'm handing it to someone else. The things needed for high-value succession planning are the same things required to build a profitable, sustainable business that you love and that can operate with or without you. So this is where to get started. And of course, unless you come from a background where you have experience in this, like you might come from a corporate background or maybe you've created and sold businesses before, unless you're from that background, let's face it, that's less than 1% of people, absolutely coaching and mentoring is vital here. Like that's what we do. There's others that do that. 
it's important to get the advice early on. And I've said this um, many, many times over the course of my journey in mortgage banking, Ryan. The one thing that I would change about my journey is getting advice and mentoring about business building much earlier. It would have saved me untold hours, years actually, of stress and anxiety and uncertainty, and not to mention a hell of a lot of wasted resources and money. So it's really important to get the right advice, the right strategy, and the right guidance as early as you can, even if it's day one. Day one doesn't mean you work hard for a year, then get the right advice. Get the right advice and act on it now, rather than wait till someday in the future when you've got time to do it, because often that day never comes. That's some great advice, Ash. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure I'm sure our listeners have really appreciated your insights on this topic. I think a lot of us can relate to, maybe not now, but at some point, I'd imagine we all will. It was a pleasure to have you and listeners, as you embark on an exit planning journey or succession journey, remember that preparing early and wisely can turn your business into a thriving exit plan. Thank you, Ash. Couldn't have said it any better, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We'll leave it there, Ash.